0: it's time for today's episode of the college recruiting weekly podcast with your host america's college recruiting guru
1: dan tudor hey coach on this podcast that we've been doing man over the last three years we have covered a lot of different topics specific to when to start recruiting or in what circumstances you should recruit differently. And today we add to that list with a really great question that a coach contacted me about, and uh, he agreed to uh, let our conversation be recorded live so that we can put it on the podcast. And that's what we're going to do in today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. It is all about how do you recruit effectively at tournaments or other large settings where you're walking in, you might see a prospect. Is there anything that needs to happen during that time while you see the prospect to sort of leave a lasting impression? And then also, what are the right follow-up things that athletes look for, parents look for in you as a coach that maybe saw their son or their daughter at that tournament? That is what we're going to dig into today. And I think that's important because more and more coaches are tend to be relying less on, uh, on the recruiting services and just the name and the, um, and, and the raw information. Most coaches want to see a prospect compete. They want to see the intangibles, the stuff that happens away from the ball, uh, the stuff that happens on the bench. How do their parents interact and support them? And there's all of these X factors that I hear coaches talking about that they want to really understand about a prospect as they, as they move through the process. And sometimes that happens right at the start. You're able to find an athlete, notice him or her on the court, uh, in the pool, on the track, whatever it is that you're, you're there scouting. And now you want to add them to your list based on the, the athletic talent level that you're seeing out there in person. So it's a really effective way of recruiting and, It also brings up some special challenges and opportunities. So that's what we dove into this conversation with. How do you go about recruiting an athlete that is at an event that you're at, at a tournament? And uh, as we start this conversation, we talk with a coach, let him lay out exactly what his question is. And I think as, as we go through this conversation... You're going to pick up several really important tips that you can start using immediately, coach, as you go out and recruit, especially as we get ready to head into the spring and summertime uh, tournament time of the year. And a lot of scouting happens, getting ready for that next class that you're going to start recruiting. So I think you're going to find this really helpful. And uh, we're going to get started with the conversation with this question from the coach who brought all this up in the first place. All right. Hey, Dan. Dan. Um,
0: so, I feel like when someone comes on a, a visit to my campus that I, I connect with them very well. I know exactly what to talk about and how to keep conversations going with, with the student athlete and their parents. Um, my question is, how do you start an interaction with, with a player when you're at maybe a combine or a high school game or a club event? Should I go through a coach, maybe approach a parent, um, and then the actual interaction itself and how to keep that going, where it should go, and where I should leave that conversation and conclude it. Right.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's a good question, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you on the podcast about it, and I appreciate you being willing to kind of ask the questions that I'm sure... You know, hundreds of coaches that are going to be listening to this uh, would be asking themselves if they could. So I guess the, let me just back up a little bit and kind of get your philosophy uh, about all this. And I'll start with when you posed the question to me originally on email, and here we are talking about it on the podcast. What is it that you feel like uh, isn't going right about that whole uh, that whole process of when you're out outside of your campus out offsite from, from where you're comfortable, what is it that, uh, that you feel is not going as smoothly as it, as it could? Sure.
0: Sometimes I just feel like maybe I'll be tripping over my own feet. So to say, um, -hmm. that I won't exactly know how to approach that player or, you know, what their interests are. Um, and I, I guess it's silly, but it seems, uh, you know, just, just lose. I, I don't have as much confidence when I'm interacting with someone outside of my comfort zone, per se. Right. Right.
1: Well, and I and the way that I sometimes turn that is that you're. It's not a home game for you. You know, it, if it's on campus, you're familiar with with sort of the routine and the sites, and there's a comfort level to just having to again, like you know, compete on your home on your home field, home court and now you're off site and this could even some of these principles could be extended to home visits as well for coaches that do that but you're basically off off the campus. Um, What do you sense like because I just asked you about how you know the differences for you as a coach what about the differences your perception of the differences at at a tournament in the mindset or the mannerisms of the athlete you're talking to versus you know him or her being on campus uh, and you get to kind of Showcase your campus yeah. in front of them. So
0: there. when I have a, a student on campus, I already know there's a base level of interest. When I'm cold calling a player, yes, you yeah. know, you know, I guess you know the worst thing they can do is turn you down. But uh, you know, that's it's somewhat. Uh, you just don't have as much information about that player.
1: Right. You're, you're, you said it you're going in cold I mean you're there is no there's no frame of reference there's no sign of that interest and uh and I think that you know where you know coaches are going to resonate with that and sort of feel your pain there as you just said that is every coach that we've practically ever talked to I mean from high level division one coaches you know down to junior college or first year NAIA assistant coaches they all sort of Want that comfort level or they I mean and who doesn't I mean that's just a normal human human emotion we we want to be comfortable we don't want to bother people we don't want to you know we like to, we like it when there is some uh, you know some you know a match or you know something in common um, so the first you know, first thing in looking and answering this question, I think that you have to establish philosophically what it is that you're trying to do. And this is going to be a little bit different for every coach. But let me start with this question that, um, and for anybody listening, this is the first time that this coach and I have talked, so um, he doesn't know I'm about to ask this. But I just want to get sort of your fresh your fresh take on this, coach, is putting yourself back in the player position. And now it's the coach coming up at the tournament, and you, know, you remember back to when you were uh, a teenager as, as a recruited athlete, and a, and a coach is now... In the it was in the position that you're in now. What did you want to hear from them? So you just finished um, a game or a long day. Coach comes up. What was the thing that as a teenager you remember wanting or being important to you or even just even the things that you remember about any of those well, interactions the, you had?
0: You know, probably most important to me was just uh, someone's interest in me. Um, you know, some uh, okay. some point that, that is showing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's cool to have somebody, you know, especially you know, a, uh, yeah, coach showing interest, and it's sort of validation that you, right, all this hard work you're doing is starting to maybe pay off.
0: Um. Well, you know. Okay. I, what it's else? Like, um, what
1: What else comes to mind?
0: You're always looking, I think, from anyone to that that you know that you're being admired or that people think you're doing well. Right. You know. Um,
1: okay. Okay, so if you just took those two things, coach, um, which I think you, just, you know, 99% of all recruited athletes anywhere that would be approached by a coach at a tournament would would probably like or want those two things: the validation, it's proof that people want you, that you're doing a good job. Um, so that's normal. I mean, that that goes right to you know us feeling like, hey, we're wanted, and you know we want to be wanted, especially as a teenage athlete. It was interesting, though, because when I've asked this of other coaches and I asked it of you, what didn't get mentioned is there at the tournament, you didn't want a bunch of facts about the school, probably. I'm sure I'm sure coaches gave them to you, but you that's not what you were looking for. You weren't looking for um, uh, necessarily, you know, here's the next step in the process. Um, you probably also, in the same way that you as a coach, maybe feel a little bit awkward about... Uh, about, um, you know, approaching them and, you know, sort of cold. I think the, the, there's that feeling with the athletes that we've talked to, is that when a coach comes up to them, yeah, it's exciting and it's validation, but then what do I say? And I'm face-to-face with this adult, this person that I don't know, and they're asking me really tough questions and I don't want to blow it. And so it becomes sort of this tense, awkward situation for, um, you know, for that for that athlete. And so I think the first sort of teaching point or the philosophical point as a coach is, can you as a coach and a recruiter, whether it's you that I'm talking to or anybody that's listening, can you be okay with the idea that when you're at a tournament, this is going to be the very first, very, very small step in beginning the relationship. Um, And I would say, are you okay with not selling the school, the program, and, you know, everything else that you might be ready to sell them on, um, are you okay with, with waiting? Because you've identified it, I think, accurately. It's an awkward thing when somebody strange comes up to us and tries to, tries to sell us on something. And we don't like it when it, it happens with a strange phone call we get, or somebody that might still come by door-to-door selling something. We just sort of have that immediate... Um, aversion. I mean now even in shopping malls if I'm with my wife or son and you know the people sort of camped out in the middle with the little kiosks in a mall um, try to engage you with a skincare product or a cologne or a perfume or something you know we, we're almost trained now to, to not look at them to just to walk by um, because it's awkward to be sold. Um, so I guess the first point is you know would be, would be that is can you as a coach say um, that that you know I don't have to sell them on on us it, which then goes to the next question I would have if we're thinking about this in a linear fashion, sort of point by point, logically, what is the goal when you're at a tournament you see somebody you like and you're talking to them what is what is what goal do you have? Ultimately, uh, well, or as far as end, like the next step that would be, happen after that you know, conversation, where regardless of what you tell them, what do you want the end result to be? It's me following
0: up on that conversation, um, or them, you know, I, I guess, you know, it makes sense what you're saying. So, okay. should I be like, um, you know, just planting a seed? Just very.
1: Right. Well, so you actually, I mean, in part answered your own question because you said the goal is for you as a coach, and again, I think it matches up very well with all spectrum of coaches that are listening to this. Your goal as the coach was to plan or to, um, to, to have some place to jump off from. So, you know, there you are, they're, they're sweaty, they're tired, parents are probably standing there next to them. Um, you maybe have three other recruits you want to talk to before they leave the, the gym or the field, and, um, you know, and And we already know that from your first point, what did you want as an athlete? You wanted to sort of get that feeling like I am wanted, they like me, good validation, and now you know, coupled with the second point, we want a jumping off point for the next maybe deeper conversation. Um, so if that's true, and I think what you're saying is that we want, uh, we want that jumping-off point. I think the shorter time you spend with them, the less that you tell them actually, proportionally, gives you the greater chance of having that follow-up conversation. Okay. So, so let me just contrast that. That if you are a coach, and there are those coaches out there that see somebody at a tournament, and their mindset is, okay, this is my chance. This is I'm I'm in front of this kid. I've got to i got to sell them on our school and our program now so I can have that first conversation with them or try to get them on campus. And you spend 10 or 15 minutes doing all the talking, running through what a great program you are and why you should want to come to this school and you know just whatever all the selling points in your mind there are. Every kid that I've talked to and what you just outlined, Coach, when you were thinking back to when you were a teenager, we don't want that as athletes. We want the validation, yeah. We want to, and we probably want to know what is the next step. I can't take it here. My parents are waiting to, you know, to start driving back home or to get to the airport if we're flying back from somewhere uh, at a club or high school tournament. I, I, I have limited time, so I think the less that you say actually creates more curiosity and gives them the reason to talk to you the next time, right? So, so if you only had Two minutes. And I'm, I'm I'm piecing this together piece by piece. So, um, the validation, the emotion, the confirmation that that coach likes you, coupled with the fact that we don't want to spend a lot of time doing it. What would what would you imagine an athlete or what did you as an athlete want to hear? Like what would what would have made you curious enough to follow up with a school that maybe wasn't necessarily right. somebody even that you had ever heard of sure. before, but that was showing interest in you. <laughs> As an athlete, what would get you curious? Yeah, no, I, I um, think to take that I think two step? big things would be what would they have to tell um, you to if that uh, coach pointed out something that. very And again, specific I'm asking you questions that I didn't play prep before, so don't feel that bad about liked.
0: having to stumble uh, around and think about it for and a And then second. on the flip side, if they pointed out something that maybe was a weak spot in my game that that maybe, you know, I haven't been talked to about uh, before. Right.
1: Right. Right. Okay, so that's, that's interesting, because on the first point, um, the information that you're saying, well, on both those points, but I'll talk to the first one. The first point was everything about you. Actually, both points were everything about you. Some good, and here's where your area of improvement was what you didn't say was, I needed in that short amount of time I better find out about how many majors you offer, number of acres on campus, you know, how many conference wins that you know your program had. Really, we're not, like that's nowhere on our radar yet as a prospect. They're at that tournament after the game. We're just, you know, it's not part of what we're thinking about. It's not what's important to us. So I think that's really interesting that you you know, in the, in the answers you're giving, they are so in line with what we hear with all our focus groups and whenever we work with a client or we're on a campus doing a workshop and we do all this focus group testing, what you're saying, coach, is what the athletes are telling us, is I don't want to be sold on the program, but what I want to know is what do you like about me? It's the first thing we want to know as an athlete, is you just watched me. Um, you know, most coaches would go up and say, hey, you played great, we're interested in you, and then go into the selling their school. Well, as the athlete, the immediate thing that you know, most tell us they want to know is, wow, coach, okay, list out the things that you liked about me. And then I'll bring up your second point, which I thought was fascinating, because you get a lot of coaches now afraid to even broach the topic of what you could improve on or what you did wrong or you know one little tweak that they'd want to make. And yet, as athletes, don't we want to know where we can improve? Don't we want to know, like, you know if you're going to be my coach, it's, it's really it's, it's an element of you're already starting to sort of coach me um, and it also I think signals that you as a coach are going to be honest with them and open uh, you're not afraid to approach me with something that I might need to improve upon and you know if you're most athletes know what they need to improve upon so um, I think there's an element of honesty there where again it, I'll just compare it to the coach that only talks about the positives and yeah, man absolutely. you were great and I could see building the offense around you and now we go to this you know we have this great program and on and on and on now you're selling me you're not coaching me you're not relating to me you're actually just jumping right into your sales pitch and I don't know if I want to be sold yet so on those two points does that make sense? and, and the other thing I would say is that in these first three steps that we've um, that we've talked about I always try to I'm trying to take you back to when you were an athlete because this strange thing happens, when an athlete becomes the grad assistant, becomes the assistant coach or the head coach in, in that professional transition. And that is, what I've noticed, for some reason, coaches forget about when they were athletes and what they wanted. And there's almost like this, I've had coaches describe it as, yeah, it's, it's almost like, well now I'm a coach and I have to act a certain way and do things differently or sound different than the way I you know, was thinking as an athlete. The one, you know, I think step number four in in this process is think and talk and act like you would have wanted a coach to talk to you as a young athlete. Because in that way, I don't think things have changed very much. These kids still want to know, what do you like? You know, how can I fit into your plan? Okay, give me some teaching points. What are the things that I might need to do differently? Um, And if you can be the coach that that does that, then I think you you stand out immediately anyway, and you contrast very well to the to the next coach that's waiting behind you, that's just going to jump into a um, uh, a sales pitch. Um, so the whole goal here, though, is to have this follow up contact. So how do you do it right now? What is the thing that you do to? Um, to try to generate that. Well, to
0: uh, be honest, that, that I probably don't have that, maybe that many. Uh, conversation
1: time um, talking to this athlete at the tournament off campus. Right what now. is it that you say at the um, end? Right now, that I do that, you know, I whether you feel it's only, right or you wrong know, or perfect or imperfect them that you do a, right now to business card to, know, uh, to you know, sort of set up the next conversation? Uh, or and how do you like probably do you usually like to putting do that the
0: onus on them to reach back out? Right
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so the way that the two little tweaks I would make is um, if you have a card, um, I would give that to mom and dad if they're nearby. Depending on, well, obviously, you know, sometimes that's going to be, you know, something that could happen, and other times it it, it wouldn't be. Um, and even though, let's take a step back a second. If you're seeing a player at a tournament. And you're scouting them, showcase whatever it is, and you really like them. Uh, I would, if it were me, and and watching and observing and hearing what what have successful coaches have done. Once they see a player they want, they'll go behind the bench, or they'll go. No, you know where likely the the team's fans are, um, and if they see somebody with you know a t-shirt on that matches you know the the team identifying colors or or logo. They'll just start asking, "Hey, do you know, you know, where the parents of number 17, or, you know, do you know whose parents that, you know, the, the parents of that kid there?" And eight times, nine times out of ten, they'll be able to point you to the parents before you talk to the athlete. I think what makes a huge impact with the parents um, is if you can go quickly introduce yourself. Hey, I really love the way she's playing or he's playing. Um, I'm Coach So-and-so from this school. I'm going to try to talk to him, talk to her after the game. Just wanted to let you know, here's my card. So after we talk, you know, I'd love to hear back from you this week and maybe set up a time to, to talk on the phone. Okay, That's a, That is a 30-second investment of time that for most coaches, and by the way, and as I'm telling you this, they're going to be really ticked, some of them, that I would be talking about this with, with more than just um, people we closely work with. But it's such a good technique, and I think it makes such an impact. Yeah, uh, definitely not the, the athletes usually. <laughs> that uh, it, it has huge payoffs. And I'll just say this, coach: that you know, in, from your observation, when it comes to returning phone calls or starting to talk about logistics, maybe of a visit, does the athlete usually, are they good at handling that kind of stuff and talking on the phone and returning calls, or taking you up on your offer, or is it the parents that are pretty good at that? Usually, right, right, right. It's, it's it's very often. It definitely is the parents. So I would, if if I'm the coach in that situation, and I'm, I want to make the most of going to a tournament and getting actual follow up from that. I want to put it in the parents' hands because you know, first of all, who else is sitting around that parent that you're talking to? Other uh, parents. So you might, and coaches have done this. They've gotten two or three calls. From other parents, hey, you know my daughter does this. Or so you are you looking for that position too? Or um, you know now and also you've made the parents feel good because you're a college coach and in front of their peers, their friends have come up and said, hey, we're really interested in your son, your daughter. We want to talk to. Her. I'm going to talk to them after the game. Um, you know, you've just that that has made their day. It doesn't matter what size school you're from, whether it's a big school, small school. You are a college coach that's interested in their daughter or their son, and that makes an impact. And they'll take you up on it. They will actually keep the card and know what to do with the email address or your cell phone number. I can pretty much guarantee you that you give that card to a kid. That is right, half the time at least gone before they get back in their car. They, they toss it, they put it in a the pocket, they forget about it, and they don't follow up. Not because they're not interested, but just they don't you know, this generation isn't used to dealing with business cards. And and so I would do that before you even talk to uh, to the athlete. Better with the athlete, because the whole goal of giving out the business card is what? It's a chance for them to then call you and, and interact with you. What I would do is, since they all have their cell phones with them, um, is to just ask them, you know, hey, um, you know, I don't want to talk to you now, you know, you're, you're tired and you probably want to get going. Um, I'd love to text you here in a day or two, what's your cell number? And I'll, and I'll text you right now and then you'll have my cell number too. Most of the time when you do that, first of all, it matches very closely what they're used to doing with their own peers, which they meet somebody new, they want to start talking, they, they share cell phone numbers. Um, so they aren't likely to say no to that. Um, they're likely just to say, okay, here it is, and hey, coach, yeah, thanks, that's great. And now you have their cell number. Now you're able to text them. Now you're able to call. Um, And the other thing is it gives a comfort level to the athlete. If you're the one that reaches out and texts, you've taken off the responsibility for me to have to muster up the courage to text this coach. And a lot of kids talk about, man, like, I would love to talk to the coach, and, and he or she told me I should, but I don't know what to say. And I don't want to sound stupid. So my teenage coping mechanism for all that is I'm just not going to do anything. I hope that they reach out to me but I don't want to look stupid. And that's then when we, it circles back around and we hear coaches complain to us hey these kids just aren't talking to me. Well, can we make it simple, get their cell number and just send them a quick text. Hey, it's Coach Tudor from so and so. Um, I was the one who came up to you on the field afterwards. Uh, Would love to you know, can I text can we plan a time later tonight, just text back and forth real quick. I just have some questions for you. That's a very easy thing to, to sort of commit to if you're an athlete that, you know that's talking to a coach and you know, at a program and at a school that I don't know if I want to go to yet, but I'll talk to you and find out a little bit more. And if I if I can text you, yeah, instead no I'd have to I talk to uh... you even better. Um, so, I think that's going to that help a general, lot, especially like it, the it, texting. It take those five steps. Um, I guess of I how was to uh, shy
0: to be texting student athletes nationally across, especially being that levels I'm a across young levels coach
1: sport boundaries, and I'm that's coaching what we have seen women the best. Um, um, so, I've laid so all I, that out. What, I tend what to be very, very careful with that, or, and or, just you recently possibly started
0: texting more effectively than either the way you're envisioning it
1: working or that you
0: can know, talk. I get a lot more responses much more quickly than I did with anything else.
1: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, sure. Well, and again, it's important, great observation, another one, and it's important to understand why that is. Now, you and I, we exchange emails a couple of times, right? And the first thing that I, well, not the first thing, but very quickly, I said, hey, let's talk about this. Because, you know, I'm in my 50s, that's the way that we did it when I was a teenage athlete, and and, uh, so I'm very much used to talking and communicating verbally. This generation, as you know, as most coaches know, a little less verbal, excellent with you know the written communication via text, so really, I think there's this generation gap that has developed with coaches that didn't grow up with texting, and they look at it as, boy, it seems like it just invades their world, and it's too personal, and they're texting with their friends. Well, I'm not one of their teenage friends. I'm a, I'm a coach, and like you brought up, I'm a male coach coaching, you know, women, and you automatically skip down 50 steps to, you know, the horror stories you've heard about, you know you know, inappropriate things being done with text messaging, well, that, you know, 99.99999% of the time doesn't happen. And what we know is this. These kids, their conversations happen via text message. And I want you to go where their conversation is happening because when we try to drag them into our adult world of phone calls, seems really odd. Uh, they don't know what to do. And if you can get them on the phone what most coaches have observed is it's painfully awkward. It's, you know, they just, they don't really, I can tell they're not themselves. I'm forcing them to give answers, and, and we don't want that. We want to be the coach that's easily accessible, um, and especially in light of this, the whole context of this conversation, which has been we are, it's after a tournament. Uh, they're, they don't know who we are. We want to get to know them better, we have to take these tiny little steps to get to that point of, of having those deep, rich, uh, good conversations. And if that's going to happen, we have to do it their way and not the way that maybe again um, you know, somebody from my generation or even yours that that didn't you know fully grow up with text messaging um, as a daily way to communicate. We have to we have to go there. And so what I'm telling you is that you're not doing anything odd by by reaching. Uh, by reaching out to them, and honestly, a lot of the time the parents are going to beat you to it anyway. They'll get home and email you, or they'll text you and say, "Hey, coach, thanks for coming in, you know, into the stands and finding us. Really honored. You know, great that you want to talk to my daughter. Um, you know, we'd love to set something up for this week. Or, I, or can I call you as as dad um, and ask you a couple of questions before you start talking to my daughter? Again, it's I think it's good." Gotcha. civility and just good manners Mm -hmm. to approach a parent first and sort of get permission to talk to their son or their daughter Uh, because what you're doing is Um, you are verifying that you see them as having a role in the process and most parents have, again, been around this process a little bit or they've heard stories where the feeling is most uh, of the time the coach doesn't want the parent involved and, you know, they're sick of the maybe parents. the high school coach They, they the don't want to recruit coach. the parents. They want to recruit the athlete. So when In you this include whole the parents first at a tournament uh, or right after and give them the role. option to help with the follow-up contact, things go go really well. Okay. okay um de- yeah great point point. and just as as kind of a wrap-up to it i think anytime you can in addition to the parents mention to the coach that um that you either have talked to their athlete or are going to talk to the athlete introduce yourself especially if it's a clever high school coach that you don't know then take that opportunity and if you can't see them after the game you can't meet with them face to face I think it's good to send a quick email or great. Well, that's um, or any That's kind all of the note questions just I say. Hey, coach, you know, great being at your tournament. Just wanted to let you know I saw one of your players, so and so, happened to talk to, to them after the game. Just wanted to make you aware of it, and I'd love to make contact with you to ask you some questions about him or her. Um, that you know, those are the those are all the main players in this decision: the athlete, mom and dad, and the, the club or the high school coach. If I can come away from that tournament having contacted or, or touched in some way their contact points, then that's a successful tournament, and that's a, a successful way to, I think, put yourself in the best position for having continuing conversations with that athlete. So, Coach, we hope that that helped when it comes to the idea of how to go to a tournament and recruit more effectively. How do you get these athletes engage sooner and in the flow of your communication sooner Uh, if you try some of these strategies i truly believe it's going to work and i would love for you to give me feedback and follow-up questions after you try some of the things that we've outlined uh, during this conversation with this coach you can always email me dan at dantutor.com that's our website by the way dantutor.com a lot of free resources and, and information for coaches uh, 15 years worth of blog articles and recruiting tips and studies and research that you can use to make yourself better. So please uh, use that. Uh, you can also follow on Twitter. We give a lot of daily updates on recruiting stories, news, insights, at Dan Tudor, D-A-N-T-U-D-O-R. Hey, also, real quick, Coach, before we leave, I wanted to give you a heads up for a huge event that's coming that I'm hoping you can be a part of. It is our annual summer national collegiate recruiting conference and we're heading into that here's the in the summer of 2019 in july all the information is on the website but it's going to be at ohio state university it's going to be a fantastic event really cool space that we're going to be in too uh, they've opened their doors to let us sort of behind the scenes into how they uh, recruit a lot of their athletes and the spaces that they use to do that um, so if you if you've never been to one of our NCRC events, I just cannot recommend it enough. Uh, we make it very very low cost for coaches. The goal here is to educate and to connect you with other coaches so that you have a network of people to trade ideas with, steal from, share secrets with. Um, that is the whole goal of everything, and it's it's three days of amazing speakers, coaches opening their opening themselves up and saying, here's how we do it strategies. Um, and it's just a great time to connect and think about how we're going to start recruiting into this next new year. It fires a lot of coaches up, um, space is limited as it always is. Uh, but we, uh, we really hope that you can be a part of it. So go to the website, dantutor.com, go to the conferences link and all that information is there, uh, on the link, uh, fantastic event. And, and if, uh, if you can be there, Coach, make it happen because it will change the way that you recruit. We always get amazing feedback after our conferences. All right, that's it. Hope today's topic and information helped you, Coach. And uh, we will continue to bring it to you week after week here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. Coach, have a great week out there recruiting.